Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Spiritual Insights with Charlotte Spicer. Spirituality and Metaphysics Talk Radio, featuring a course in miracles, dream interpretation, guided meditation, and the psychic and metaphysics free-for-all. It's your opportunity to consult with a professional psychic medium, discuss past lives, the chakras, and more. We are non-denominational, and there are no limits. Want to change your life? You must first change your mind. 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 No matter your religious structure, cultivate peace in your reality through self-awareness with an authentic spiritual teacher. And now, your host, Charlotte Spicer. Hello and welcome to Spiritual Insights, everyone. I'm Charlotte Spicer, executive producer and host of the show, energetic healer, and channel for Yeshua, also known as Jesus. Thank you so much for tuning in from the United States and around the world. Today, we bring you the nature of reality with Bill Ferguson. Bill is here to offer his insights as we explore a variety of topics. Bill shares my love for the psycho-spiritual approach to life and human nature and articulates his knowledge in a way that everyone can relate to, no matter your background. Bill's work has been referred to as the penicillin of psychology. He's been featured on Oprah and has worked with thousands of people around the world. He comes highly recommended by both the Wall Street Journal and the Washington Post and offers private sessions to help you handle your current life situation. Visit MasteryOfLife.com to book a consultation with him and learn more about his best-selling books and his mastery course, A Step-by-Step Process for Resolving Problem Areas, Healing Relationships, and Creating a Great Life. Bill will show you how to be effective in handling whatever life brings you. As an energetic healer and channel, I would be honored to work with you in a private session. You can choose from a selection of techniques and private sessions with Yeshua at SpiritualInsightsRadio.com. Today we have a very interesting topic. We will be talking about childhood hurts that destroy love and sabotage our lives. Welcome back, Bill. It's great to see you again. It's good to be here. Good to see you again. What a topic. So what we're talking about, you say, is core issues. These core issues that really sabotage our lives. Yeah, everyone, everyone has a childhood hurt that that totally sabotages our lives. Hmm. See, because we're, we're born present with who we are. We're happy, we're alive, we're free. You know, life's an exciting adventure, but we're born into a world that kills love. We're born into a world that's very judgmental, critical, hateful. Yes. So what happens is that in the process of growing up, Every one of us gets hurt. And obviously some people get hurt a lot more than others, but everyone gets hurt. And as little kids, we can't help but internalize it. We can't help but blame ourselves. Right. And then and then what we do is we 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 create the belief that we're the problem. Mm-hmm. And then we decide very specifically in a moment of of deep hurt, we decide very specifically what that problem is. I'm not good enough. I'm not worth loving. I'm worthless. I'm a failure. I don't count. I don't matter. I'm stupid. I'm this. I'm that. And it's never, never, never the truth 
but in the eyes of a little child, it becomes our truth. And then we spend the whole rest of our lives running from it, doing everything we can to prove it's not true. Right. And if any circumstance comes along and triggers that hurt, which will happen often, Mm -hmm. that circumstance will be perceived as a major threat to our survival. And we're going to have to either attack it or run from it. Fight, resist, hang on, or withdraw, which then magnifies it, gives it more power, and forces us to act in a way that causes the hurt to grow and grow and grow as we go through our lives. Wow. Becomes magnified almost, huh? It, it does. It does. And it and it it sabotages our lives because the more hurt we got, the more we're unable to flow with life, the more life's going to be perceived as a threat, which is going to force us to act destructively, which is going to create more hurt. And then also there's a direct link between suppressed hurt in your body and very serious physical problems. Cancer, heart disease, on and on and on. And they've even had some studies lately about diabetes. They're saying that people that have suppressed hurt have a greater propensity to develop diabetes regardless your diet. Absolutely. I tell my clients this. The more you're at peace in your heart, the body puts out hormones that have the cells heal. When you're not at stress, those healing hormones, those hormones that have the cells rebuild, that stops. And then there's another set of chemicals that get released that are very destructive. No kidding. Okay. So it's like the the science is, is, is starting to show the impact of, of suppressed hurt on our bodies. So the body is constantly trying to purge itself of this hurt. Wow. Okay. You know, that the, makes so much sense. Like the design, the, 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 our bodies are designed to purge itself of toxins and impurities and stuff right. like that. Mm-hmm. Well, suppressed emotion is a serious toxin. Toxin. Yeah. Absolutely. So what happens, see, so when we get upset, what's happening is some circumstance rolls along, it triggers this suppressed emotion, and it brings it to the surface so we can grab it and pull it out. Yeah. That's what an upset is. But our culture teaches us upsets are bad. Right. But if you look at what they really are, ultimately, it's an upset is nothing more than a suppressed emotion being triggered and brought to the surface so we can purge it. Also known as an opportunity, because I know we don't like hearing this, but the circumstances that upset us are actually opportunities to release, whether it's just a layer or the whole thing, the hurt that is being suppressed. Absolutely. 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 And and the thing that I've found uh, is that Every time there's a relationship or an area of life that isn't working, every single time there's an, the, there's an underlying condition that's creating the problem, and the underlying condition is created and fueled by the automatic subconscious avoidance of a very specific hurt. Interesting. Look at the areas of your life that work great. Those are areas where you can flow with whatever happens. 
the areas of life that don't work are areas where we can't flow. And why we can't flow in these areas is because these areas are striking a nerve. They're triggering this hurt. So that would be how the uh, stagnant, uh, maybe we should call it, that stagnant uh, energy manifests. How does, here's a question, how does the hurt pick an area? What's the correlation between the hurt in that particular area and not a different one? What do you mean an area? Uh, Of life. Of life, like you say, some okay. We have well, career. Yeah, so let me talk a little bit about how the hurt gets created and what it is. Okay, and, and I think that'll, and then we're able to answer the question. Okay, so so what happens? Let me give you an example. Years ago, I was in a department store, and there was a mother and daughter shopping. The little girl was about four years old, and she spilled her drink, which is exactly what four-year-olds do. Mm-hmm. But the mother got real upset at her, started screaming at her, saying, what's the matter with you? Why are you so stupid? Oh. Okay, so how many times is this precious little four-year-old going to hear that before she believes it? Right. Probably just once. And what happens if the little girl hears it over and over and over again? So she can't help but create the belief that she's stupid. Right. You know, I, I did spill my drink, and last week I got my shoes muddy, so obviously I must be stupid. Mm-hmm. So she creates the belief that she's stupid, and then she takes it a step further, and she decides stupid is a horrible way to be, because if you're stupid, you'll never be loved. Look at my own mom. My own mom doesn't love me because I'm stupid. Mm-hmm. I can't be stupid. I got to be smart. So she'll spend the whole rest of her life running from stupid doing everything she can to become smart, but no matter what she accomplishes, it will never be enough to get rid of that hurt. She could be seven PH, get seven PhDs. She could be voted smartest person on the planet. Doesn't make any difference because that hurt's still in there and it's still going to get triggered. You'll become an overachiever just running from that one belief. That's right. That's right. And then, Everybody has this. It's just that everybody has something different. Okay. One person is not good enough. One person is failure. One person is not worth loving. But wherever that hurt manifests, that area of life won't work. So, for example, if somebody has an issue with rejection or abandonment, right? always that comes down to the hurt of not worth loving. Right. So anything so, – so anything that triggers that hurt is going to be a threat. In their relationships, they're going to constantly be getting upset because they're not being treated a certain way. They may hang on. They may be controlling. But they will act in a way that destroys love and pushes the person away, which will then bring to them more hurt. It manifests it quite neatly. Yes. Yes. So whatever our hurt is, it will manifest in a Everybody's hurt's different. And with each person, the hurt manifests in a different way. But wherever that hurt manifests, that area of life won't work. It cannot work. Okay. Because in that area of life, we're threatened. We're operating out of a state of fear and upset. We get tunnel vision. We destroy our ability to see what needs to be done. And since we're threatened, 
all we can do is fight or flight, fight, resist, hang on, withdraw, which then makes our situation worse, which then brings us more hurt, which causes the hurt that runs our life to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Okay. There's the magnification process. Let's go back to the tunnel vision. What do you mean by uh, the tunnel vision when when you're focused on, say, say um, an upsetting circumstance has arrived in your life, you're triggered. What happens yeah. next? Yeah. Okay. So subconsciously, the, the hurt gets triggered. And then subconsciously, when the hurt gets triggered, it's perceived subconsciously as a threat to our survival. Mm-hmm. Because if I really am worthless, if I really am not good enough, or if I really am this or that, I'm going to die. Okay. It's worse than that. If that's the truth, I'd rather die. People commit suicide rather than feel this hurt. True. So, but what happens is we misidentify the threat. We think the threat is the circumstances, but the circumstance is not the threat. The emotion is the threat. Hmm. But we think that the threat is what's happening, the circumstances. So then since we feel threatened, all of our focus is on how do I change my circumstances so I don't have to feel this hurt. Mm-hmm. And that creates a state of tunnel vision. Got it. Mm-hmm. It creates a state of fear and upset and tunnel vision. So all my focus is on how do I change those circumstances. But what happens is that when you have the tunnel vision, you have maybe two or three degrees of possibility. Because the only thing we can do is fight or flight. Right. When you're free of the tunnel vision, you've got 360 degrees of possibility. Right. Mm-hmm. So the tunnel vision destroys our ability to see what needs to be done. And it forces destructive behavior. And everybody's well, got it. It's just everybody's got a different one. Okay. But when in terms of destructive behavior, let's talk about levels because what jumps to my mind is... I don't know, going around hurting people or or hurting yourself or bad habits. But what kind of behaviors would be deemed destructive? Um, can we say jealousy in relationships? Um, that kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. It's so like anything. See, ultimately, who we are is love. Right. And, and as the love comes forth, you create more love. Anything that's destructive is going to come from this hurt. Jealousy, for example, jealousy, the hurt that's under jealousy is not good enough. Right. Okay. Yeah, sure. I wanted, I want to give more examples so that listeners can connect to different scenarios. So jealousy would be an excellent example of how it, it chips away at a relationship because it's irrational. Yeah, but that's the nature of, ultimately, that's the nature of all upsets. Absolutely. And, and even in a relationship where there is potential for a partner to um, cheat on you, I would say it's irrelevant because it's your fear That's right. it, that, it, that you need to handle. Yes. Yeah. And if you look at a fear, fear and upsets are both states of mind. And they're ultimately, they are never caused by our circumstances. So, for example, an upset. An upset is created by resisting a past or present event. Something happened and we're fighting it. Right. The fighting 
the event creates the upset. If we're at peace with the event, there's no upset. So Absolutely. Upsets, upsets are never caused by what happened, and upset can only exist if we're fighting what happened. Right. And fear is similar in that a fear is created by resisting a future event. Mm, if mm -hmm. I have a fear of losing somebody, I'm resisting this future event called losing a person. The more I resist losing a person, the bigger my fear. The bigger my fear, the more I'm threatened. The more I'm threatened, the more I act destructively, which pushes the person away, which brings to me my fear. Whatever we fear, we set in motion a process that tends to bring to us the very thing we fear. Wow. And what we, and what we fear ultimately is never the circumstances. What we fear is all the hurt that gets triggered by the circumstances. So if somebody's got the hurt of not worth loving, they're going to be threatened by losing somebody. Of course. Mm -hmm. But if somebody has a, 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 um, a fear of, say, failure, well, their relationships may work great, but their finances could be a disaster. Yes. It's just that it, each person, their hurt will manifest in a different area. And, and this is also why different people get upset at different things. Mm -hmm. Different people get upset at different things because each person has a different set of nerves to get triggered. Sure. Okay. I think I found the, the words I was looking for. So when we say destructive behavior, we're talking about negative beliefs, attitudes, and behaviors. Behaviors that are not loving. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just wanted the listeners to have a really yeah. clear picture of what we're saying here. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then also what we tend to do is we fight, we resist, we hang on, we mm -hmm. withdraw. We of act course. in a way that destroys love and creates more hurt. And in relationships, what happens is that these nerves clot. So let's say it's you and me. Okay. So I'm just being me, but that triggers a hurt in you. Then, okay. Then, then, but what happens is you don't notice that there's a hurt in you being triggered because all we notice is the circumstance that triggers it. Right. So, so I, I'm just doing me strikes a nerve in you and then on your end it looks like i'm the threat you put up your walls of protection and then you act negatively towards me which then strikes my nerve right my walls get thick and i become more against you and you become more against me and i become more against you and you become more against me and then we create this cycle of conflict this cycle of hurting attacking and withdrawing from each other wow mm -hmm. and the thing that i found is um, and I've worked with like thousands of people with, you know, where issues aren't working, where relationships aren't working. And right. the thing that I've found is that almost always when a relationship isn't working, there's this underlying condition back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Absolutely. And when you heal the hurt, you, you get a new ball game and you can interact out of the love instead of the upset. Right. Oh, wow. So literally finding and healing this hurt is, is one of the most important things in life. It's like the name of the game is to learn to live in the experience of love, to live in that state of oneness, to experience right. being one with God. And 
The number one thing that prevents that from happening is this hurt getting triggered. Yeah. Because the moment this hurt gets triggered, we're out of the light. We're in the realm of circumstances. And focusing on the facts of the circumstances instead of That's right. what That's what right. should be an, an internal investigation. Yeah. Instead it's of an stuff. external fault finding yeah. expedition. Because what's outside of us ultimately is the mirror of what's inside of us. Absolutely. And we go through life trying to change the symptoms, fighting the symptoms. But if you don't get to the cause, nothing will change. Be 95 years old with the same issues. <laughs> Absolutely. That's funny. So... Where to go from here? Because I know we could talk about this yeah. over well, over a about, couple of segments. Uh, well, let's talk about um, how to find this hurt. Yes. So in, in looking for the hurt, keep in mind you're not looking for the truth. You're looking for an emotion. Okay. And the emotion is always going to be some form of not okay. Not good enough, worthless, failure, don't count, don't matter, stupid, something like that. Right. And, and again, it's never, never, never the truth. It's just a suppressed emotion. Okay. So in looking to find the hurt, don't look and see, are you this way? Because if you look for the truth, you're going to totally miss it because you're not this way. Right. So instead, look to see if it were true, would this be painful? And the more painful that would be, the more it runs your life. Wow. Okay. So you can zero in on an emotion. I guess we can take, um, take ourselves either... In our present circumstances, a pick a situation or look back in the past at a yes. situation, identify the emotion and get to the bottom of that emotion. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing I do is that I have there's different places where I have people look and then we look and find the time when they've been upset, time they've been hurt. And then and then I ask the person, well, according to the emotion, what do those circumstances say about you? If your own parents treated you like that, according to the herd, what would that say about you? Wow. Mm -hmm. And then, and then, and then the answer is, well, that would say I'm worthless, not good enough, not worth loving. And mm -hmm. you're looking for the words of not okay that hurt the most. So there's a number of places I have people look. Um, one of the best ones is I have people look at the hurt they experienced as a child growing up. And then you go and I have them, you know, put, you, put yourself back in that hurt and then look and see in the eyes of a child, what does that say about you? Mm -hmm. Another place to look is what are your biggest fears? Okay. If somebody has a fear of being alone or a fear of rejection, almost always the hurt's going to be not worth loving. Right. People that have to be right, that need to be right. Yes. They're going to be running from 
that they're wrong, but more specifically, stupid. So people that have to be right are people who are running from stupid. Wow. People that have to have everything be perfect yeah. are running from not good enough. Of course. Where is because any any wherever this hurt manifests, that area of life isn't going to work. I like the idea of um, kind of breaking down perfectionism for a minute. Yeah. I think what we're talking about here goes way beyond spelling, punctuation, and grammar. Absolutely. Okay. By the way, as far as I can tell, this hurt is firmly in place before you're four years old. No doubt. And it grows and grows and grows. Right. But in terms of perfectionism, I want to kind of open up a window and air this out because there are some things that escape notice. Okay, yeah. so we're not just talking about the kind of work you do and the standard that you've set for yourself for excellence. Yes. Okay, we're talking about who you are as a person. Can how, how do you speak to that perfectionism as a person and maybe the demands that that places on others? What What's going on here? What's the dynamic of perfectionism? That, when, when, okay, when somebody has to have everything be perfect, ultimately they're motivated by fear. Okay. Because if it's not perfect, then they're going to have to feel they're hurt. And it's not elevated above not good enough. It's got to be perfect. Well, Otherwise, yeah. it comes down to the level of not good enough, right? But if, but if I have every, if everything's perfect in my life, that proves I'm good enough. Right. Okay. And here's the other thing that's interesting is that whatever you need for your happiness, you will never get. For one thing, happiness can only come from within. It'll never come from our circumstances. But when we believe that our that happiness is going to come from making our life be a certain way, when we need to make life be a certain way, whatever we need for our happiness, we literally will push it away. Because the feeling of need is the symptom of this deeper hurt. The deeper hurt will force us to act destructively which will forever push away what we need. Somebody needs a loving, supportive relationship, they will forever sabotage their relationships and create the opposite. Yes, and I, um, how I phrase it is the one thing you truly desire is the thing you're most afraid of. And yeah. so it goes around yeah. and around. And Yeah, and except for me, it's like, because you, you can desire, it's like, What's the foundation? What's the, the basis of the desire? Because usually desire is based on fear, but it can also be based on passion. Mm, okay. Passion can move mountains. Fear and need will keep you from ever getting to first base. Okay. Hmm. Here's another thing that's interesting you can tell what somebody's inner issues are 
by listening to the words of judgment that they use in their sentences. Yes. So if somebody frequently uses the word success and failure, you know they got a major issue with failure. Mm -hmm. If somebody talks about right and wrong, they're going to have a major issue with if they're wrong, that they're stupid. Hmm. You know, so whatever's because judgment is an illusion because mm-hmm. judgment is relative, but judgment always comes from our hurt. It's like the little girl that got yelled at for being stupid. She decides stupid and smart since it's stupid is bad. Smart is good. So she creates this mental concept called stupid and smart. And then she'll go through life judging herself and others by her own self-created standard. Mm -hmm. So everybody judges by different standards, but every standard is grounded in hurt. The more you heal your hurt, the more impossible it is to be judgmental. Mm -hmm. Because when you're free of the judgment, what you're left with is facts. Yes. This is the way things are. And then based on the way things are, what do I need to do? It's facts and truth. And you can't argue with it. It simply yeah. is. Yeah. Okay. Unless, unless you're full of fear and upset. And then the emotion becomes so powerful, it destroys your ability to see facts. Yes. Because you're so steeped in the reaction of a perceived yeah. injustice. Yeah. You're still there, and the injustice itself is an illusion as well. One yeah. of the one of the great lines I like is that um, one of the greatest misperceptions is to have perceived an injustice in the first place. So yeah. when we perceive that, then we jump into fairness and deserving. Yeah, fairness and deserving, and then we're going after what will what will disprove that that you're not worthy enough. And and on we go, ain't life fun? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What are some other things you you can tell about? Um, let me see. People who need to be right are running from stupid. What about people who have you come across people who seem to get enjoyment out of hurting others? Well, the more hurt you got, you are going to act destructively. And some people hurt others as a defense mechanism. Hmm. The thing that I found is all destructive behavior comes from hurt. But when you get rid of the hurt, the only thing that's left is love. And in that state of love, there is no destructive behavior. I wonder what could what could clarify this for me because there's a few people I'm thinking of who had pretty decent childhoods, and they simply like to play head games. They like to mess with other people's minds and emotions for entertainment, and and I couldn't identify anything that would that would trigger this behavior. Well, everybody's everybody's got this hurt. Okay. Everybody has got this hurt. And obviously, some people got it a whole lot more than others, but everybody's got it. You, okay. You're not going to have a childhood where you don't have it. And 
almost always we get it from our parents. But if we don't get it from our parents, we're going to get it from school. This is true. I want to give you an example of how innocent this stuff can get created. Okay. There was a, 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 a father, a little girl, and a little boy. The little girl had just gotten a bicycle with the training wheels. And, and she went off on a bicycle ride with her dad. But her little brother was too small. He couldn't do that yet. He wasn't old enough. But what happened was the little boy, he watched his sister and dad go off into the sunset without him. Mm, yes. Something as innocent as that can create the hurt of not worth loving. Yes. Being left behind like that. Okay. Yeah. And, 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 and as parents, you can't prevent your kids from getting their issues. No, you can't. No matter how perfect a parent you are, you're not going to, you, you cannot prevent it. Your kids are going to get their stuff somewhere. And what's valuable as a parent to give the kids the skills to deal with what they've got. Yes. In my uh, A Course in Miracles classes many years ago, what I did to help people understand how this gets created, these issues, was I had them become, um, play the role of spirit guides. And I said, okay, we're going to create some people. They're going to go to earth. They're going to have some issues. We get to pick them out. So I picked out, you know, some um, common recognizable ones. So I said, okay, let's bring in sexual energy. Let's make this person have an issue with, oh, and we named the two people, Adam and Eve. So I wanted Adam to have some kind of issue to work through. So I said, so what can we do to set the circumstances for this little boy to develop this issue? And I didn't want it to be too invasive and, and be triggering people all over the class and have them crying. So I made it that he would be, he would eventually become a peeping Tom. Okay, so what created this? So what I created was that the mother needed to use the restroom and went in and locked the door behind her to use the restroom. And the little boy was left outside the door wondering why he couldn't come in and why she wouldn't open the door. And so he's trying to look under the door or through a keyhole. What's so important? What's going on in there that I'm not good enough to know about? And eventually it, it grows and grows and he winds up with an issue that could get him in trouble with the law, but certainly would not be, it's not a healthy behavior to be a peeping Tom. So that's what I did that. You just reminded me of that. That was a lot of fun. Here's another thing interesting about where the hurt manifests. Uh, you ever known people that are consistently late? Yes. Okay. People who are consistently late are people who have major issues with being controlled. <laughs> I'm going to do it my way. You're not going to tell me what to do. These are people that have, been, that have had major issues with being controlled as a child. You're not going to control me. And, and the hurt behind that, when the hurt of being controlled, it, most of the time, it's the hurt of, I don't count, I don't matter. Yep. You know, my feelings, my desires are irrelevant. You just described my mother to a T. 
Always so late. I'm, Always. So to avoid that herd of I don't count, I don't matter, I'm going to show you I matter. I'm going to do it my way. Because I'm going to make you wait for me. Right. And, it, what, and the other, the other mm -hmm. hurt, the other hurt that's not as common, but, but comes from the same place, is that I'm stupid. Right. You don't count on me. I mean, you think I'm going to screw it up? You think I'm going to mm -hmm. mess things up? Mm -hmm. So most of the time when somebody has a control issue, it's that they don't count, they don't matter. Sometimes it's stupid. Okay. But whatever it is, it's like to avoid that hurt, they will consistently be late. Fascinating. And it's, and it's not something they're choosing. It's just part of their program. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's automatic. I think I figured out where it came from, though, because I talked to her about it so, so long ago. And it came down to, in during the summers, see, here's the thing. Like we just said, you can't avoid your children coming up with their issues. You have to do your best as a parent, a, a, a spouse, and whatever else you're doing. So my maternal grandmother uh, went to college and graduated at the top of her class and became the first female electrical engineer on the East Coast or at least in the Northeast region. She made the paper. And so she worked very hard to achieve this. She actually grew up in an orphanage. Let's We, we can probably you know, understand that she might not have had very good parenting skills because of that too. But either way, one of the remedies for uh, childcare was she would ship my, my mother and her brother off to a farm in the summertime to have fun, but my mother felt rejected. Yeah. And I knew that that hit her hard. And so I would, you know, just look at the different behaviors, try to talk to her about it. But she was late all the time. And she was always, always in her head, always losing track of time. Is there a, um, how would you describe people who can't get their head out of the clouds? Always try for me, it's always trying to change the ending to something, and they yeah, live in fear. fantasy trying to fear change fear. what happened. Fear based, fear based. Mm -hmm. yeah. and that's one of the reasons why it's so important to get to the place where you're willing for all your fears to come true not in your actions, but in your heart. Because when you're willing for anything to happen, yeah, the fear and the upset loses power, you have peace which makes you very, very effective. And the irony is the more you're willing for anything to happen, it doesn't. The less it happens. And the, and the more you're unwilling for it to happen, it does. It's it's like one of those things where you put the, a, a, an enormous effort into like not tripping or not saying something to someone and it comes out anyway. Yeah. Or, or you know, you're on the ground faster than you can think. Watch out, you know. You just that fear really manifests what it is yeah. that you're avoiding. It's it's yeah. it's, it's it like is kind of funny how it happens. Like if you're in sports and you think about what you're doing, you're going to be in your head. You're not going to be able to act very well, and you're and you 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 destroy your effectiveness. Yes. But when you're out of your head, you're in that zone. You can flow. You're very effective. Yes. <laughs> it's the same thing with life. This is so much fun. Did you want to continue this? 
Did you want to continue this in another segment? That would be good. Okay, good. That'd we'll do good. that. We'll make a part two, and however, however many segments it takes to, you know, unpack everything, that's good. that's fine. Good. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Bill, for coming and sharing your insights with us once again. This was enlightening. I enjoyed it. Ladies and gentlemen, visit MasteryOfLife.com for helpful information and to seek Bill's guidance for your situation. Visit SpiritualInsightsRadio.com to book an energetic healing session with me. If you have any of the things we're talking about, let's talk in a session and see what I can do to help, help you clear a lot of these things. I would look forward to being of service to you. Thank you so much, Bill, and I look forward to our next segment. Looking forward to it. Thank you, dear. All right, everyone, that's our show for today. Until next time, God bless and be at peace.